Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Believer's Church and again, and welcome to Church in the Wild. If you weren't with us last weekend, my son Joe Jr. opened this series up and he did an incredible, incredible job. And I like some of the analogies he's used. And, you know, again, if you weren't with us, you can listen to that for free. But you know what? God didn't create us to just live as Christians within the four walls of our church. He created us to live Monday through Friday. And he doesn't want us to be like a caged tiger in a zoo that's lost his, his desire, his eyes. You can just see that they're kind of half dead inside. He wants us to be alive and out in the wild. And I'm excited about this second lesson. I have the privilege of teaching. And I want to open up with a Joe story. This is a true story. And it's going to set up what we want to teach and look at today. After my brother Tony and I came out of the Still Valley Barbell Club, I was in between. I was a Christian. I found a local church here in the valley. And everything was going well. Then I received a call from my uncle out in California. And He's married to my Aunt Rose, my dad's sister. He's in heaven now. She's still alive, still living out on the West Coast. And uh, he asked me if I would come and move to California and take over one of his businesses. And at 20 years old, I was so excited about that. He had two businesses. One, uh, you know, was a brokerage house where he imported products from Italy and then some other products he handled exclusively made in the States. They were all Italian products, you know, oils and, and uh, cold cuts and, you know, kind of like what the Godfather did in the movie, although he wasn't in the mafia. But he wanted me to come out. He had that business, but then he had another business uh, that was a wholesale. So the brokerage would sell to wholesalers who would sell then to grocery stores. And he had the rights for the entire LA Valley. I mean, we're talking millions and millions and millions and millions of people. And he asked me if I'd take over that part because he had no children and they had no children. And so I said, yes, absolutely, I will. And I'm making all these plans. I'm just about ready, just about ready to move to the West Coast. I'm thinking a convertible, the sunshine, the beaches, you know, and making good money. And then I had this desire drop in my heart to go to Bible school. And I, I literally, I'm not, I'm not kidding, I rebuked it. I thought, you're not messing up my life. And I said no to it. But when God places a desire in us, guys, it only becomes stronger. That's how you know it's God. And of course, it was a godly desire, right? And it went on for weeks, and, and I'm ignoring it. I'm not praying about it. And then I would pray these prayers to God. Well, God, you know what? If you let me go out there, I'll, I'll make a lot of money, and I'll give it to your church, and I'll help missionaries. And he just wasn't hearing it because he had other plans for my life. Finally, I gave in. I began to pray, and I had to make that phone call to my uncle and my aunt and say, hey, I'm not coming out. They were very disappointed. They didn't understand. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. How could you not do this? And I said, I have to go to Bible school. They didn't understand that, but I did. And it was amazing, you know, back in 1999 when we opened the sanctuary, uh, Uncle Joe and Aunt Rose came to visit that year and they saw the new sanctuary and they sat in a service. And after service, Uncle Joe took me aside. And, you know, he came when he was 18 from Italy and he moved to New York. So he had, he spoke broken English, with a New York accent. He was funny. I can't imitate people, but I remember him taking me aside and saying, Joey, I want to tell you something, Joey. You know, back when you went to Bible school, you didn't make a mistake, Joey. And, 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 and it was just so cool to have him say that. 
And I had no idea if I was following God correctly or not. I didn't know what I'm going to teach you today. And listen, you may not have a call to ministry, but we're going to talk about God leading us in our everyday life, sometimes big things, sometimes everyday things. And that's what this is about. And I always have a big idea, guys. And this is my big idea for this lesson. If you're newer, like Joe and others that are maybe the first time people on watching online, um, this is what I want you to walk out of this lesson understanding more clearly than ever. So I'm going to bring this out, help you understand it as we go through here. And for some of you, most of you, I should say, you know this. I want to just help take us to another level of understanding. Here it is. It's the Spirit's guiding that makes life exciting. And I'm telling you what, guys, when you and I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to lead us, it makes life exciting. And the ancient Celtic Christians, they gave the Holy Spirit a name. It's a strange name. They called him the wild goose. Can you imagine that? And here's why. If you try to chase a wild goose, and I couldn't catch one. Some people are quick enough to catch them. Uh, they'll dart. They'll go this way, and then they'll go this way. When they're on the ground, then they'll go over here. And the reason they called the Holy Spirit the wild goose was not irreverent. It was very reverent because they learn that if we allow him to lead us, sometimes he'll disturb our day, our week. And for me, he disturbed my plans for my whole life, but it was all good. And yet we want to talk more about the everyday type things. And so I'm really excited about this. There's a book out there called Wild Goose Chase. Pastor Mark Batterson wrote it. He's from Chicago, but he, he has all kinds of campuses in our nation's capital. Isn't that cool? There's a great church there, and that book's a great book. Let me open up here with a scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. And many of us know this, but guys, he's speaking this to Christians. And if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, what do I mean by that? I mean, God brought you to a place in your life where you realized I'm a sinner who's sin-stained and I need to repent. You repented of your sins and you looked to Jesus, God's way to salvation, the Son of God who always existed but took upon himself flesh, died on a cross for all of mankind. And you said, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept you as Savior and I make you Lord of my life, make a decision to follow you. That's how I accepted Christ when I was 19. If you did that, guess what God did? He washed all your sins away, made you holy and blameless, and he put his Holy Spirit in you. Now, take a look at this. Do you realize, or don't you realize, that your body is the temple? He didn't say house. He didn't say garage. He didn't say tent. He said temple. This is the word that's used in regards to the Holy of Holies in Moses' uh, temple, and, and then also Solomon's temple. It's the Holy of Holies. And God made you so holy that the Holy Spirit literally lives inside of you. That's amazing. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, he said, it's to your advantage that I go, because if I go, then I can send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and Jesus. I, I remember when I, we were Catholic, we did the sign of the cross, and I'll never forget this, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And guys, guess what? Guess what? Both the Catholic uh, doctrine and the in, in the Protestant doctrine, they all believe God is three persons, one God. We can't figure it out up here, but God put himself inside you. That's amazing. God lives in you. And let me show you what he wants to do. Uh, listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. 
I like that. And I did dot, dot, dot. I encourage you to read the rest. I just wanted it all to fit the screen at the same time. I didn't change the, the scripture. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we will share his treasures for all God gives uh, to his son Jesus is now ours too. But if we are to share in his glory, all those treasures, we must also share in his suffering. So the treasures are our inter- eternal inheritance, you know, heaven and all the treasures that we don't even, we can't even comprehend. And the Bible says, if you've accepted Christ, you become an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. But then I like the last part. I, I didn't want to skip this. Uh, we must also share in his sufferings. You know what that is? Jesus said that we would drink from his cup. It's the cup of suffering. And you know what type of suffering the Bible's referring to? Being persecuted and rejected as you go out there and you talk about Jesus. And that's gonna happen if we live for him. That happens sometimes out in the wild, not as much in the US, right? Sometimes here it's more rejection. But here's what I want you to see. Notice verse 17 again. Uh, And since we are his children, the Greek word there simply means to be born into a family. But look at Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That Greek word sons, you'd still be a child of God, but it it means mature uh, children of God who have matured. And notice what happens when you mature. It says, we'll be led by God's Spirit. That word means to guide us. And that's what we want to talk about, the wild goose guiding your life. And I encourage you to read the whole eighth chapter because if you read all verses one all the way down to 13, you know what the Bible's talking about? Number one, the Holy Spirit leading us to purity. Isn't that amazing? That's one of the way things he'll guide you into, but he wants to guide you in every area of your life. So get a hold of this. Here's what we want to talk about. How the wild goose leads us. I want to help you understand how he leads us, guys. And the story that comes to mind there is Moses He's on the backside of the desert. He spent the first 40 years of his life in the palace in Egypt. They were grooming him to become a prince. And then he, he, he did some things they didn't like. They were gonna kill him. He ran for his life. Went to his father-in-law's. And for 40 years, he was a shepherd over his father-in-law's sheep. And he's on the way far away from Egypt, backside of the desert. And after about 40 years, he's 80 years old now. He's just out with the sheep. And he sees a bush burning. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I love logs, the smell of logs burning, the smell of wood burning. And he's just watching it. He thinks, oh, a desert, little desert fire. But then the bush isn't being consumed and he doesn't smell anything. So he walks over and he becomes close and he hears a voice, the voice of God speak out of the bush. And it says, take off your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. And then God gave him his next assignment or God led him or God guided him. And have you ever wondered why did God choose to use a bush? I'm sure there's other reasons, but I think one of the reasons could be that God wanted to show you that it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, where you're at in life. If he could find Moses on the backside of a desert and speak to him through a burning bush, he can speak to you. He can lead you. He can guide you. And he just wants you to show show you he can find you anywhere and he wants to help you. So I came up with what I would call the three most common ways that the wild goose leads us, right? And why does he wanna lead us? Well, it's the Spirit's guiding that makes life exciting. And here's the first one. Um, I would call it the most common, and it's strong desires or passions. That's what I opened up with. 
And my story, it was a strong desire that God dropped in me. Here, here's a cool story. Uh, there was a young girl, she was a, in nuns training and she came out and her name was Agnes Gunche Fiachu. Try to say that 10 times, right? And she comes out of nun training and she goes to her superiors. They're gonna give her an assignment. And she says, I have three pennies and a dream. I wanna go to India and I wanna build orphanages all over India. And they laughed, they said, honey, honey, you can't do anything with three pennies. And you know what she said? I can do anything with three pennies in God. And she ended up in India and in Calcutta and she was there for 50 years, build orphanages, helped the poorest of the poor there in Calcutta. In 1979, she received the Nobel Peace Prize. And we all know her real name or her nun name, right? It's Mother Teresa. And she did all of that through a desire that God planted in her heart. And it's amazing. She was being interviewed once and they asked her, um, how can we impact the world like you did? And I have a friend that, that met her, talked to her, and he, he wasn't sure if she had, was a born again Christian. He came away from that and said, she knows Jesus better than I do, right? But here's what she said at the interview. She said, in order for you to impact the world, you have to find your own Calcutta. I like that. And I wanna ask you, what's your Calcutta? And we're talking about, you know, outside these four walls, maybe inside too, you know, your Calcutta may be volunteering out there. It might be working with a ministry, reaching out, making phone calls, whatever it is, asking people to church. But if you wanna impact, you have to find your own Calcutta. And guys, I absolutely love this scripture, Philippians 2.13, for it is not, your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing. See what I highlighted there? Creating in you the longing. That is a desire or a passion. Who creates that in you? God. Who created it in me to go to Bible school? God. Who created it in Mother Teresa? God. And then it goes on and says, and the ability to fulfill your purpose. Desire helps us be led by God. Godly desires, right? And, and it's for his good pleasure, man. He receives pleasure out of it. And I use the Amplified because, you know, if you read it in the King James, the NIV, the American Standard, the New King James, uh, because they're translations, they use one English word for Greek word or Hebrew word. And that's cool. But the Greek language and Hebrew language, it paints pictures. And sometimes you need three words or a sentence. So the Amplified takes that liberty. And, I, and so they're not adding anything to the Bible. They're just giving you the whole meaning. And I think that's amazing, guys, that God places desires in us. That's the number one way I find that he leads me. And you'll hear me share some other stories. Here's the second way, guys. Thoughts. And I should have put God thoughts. I thought about it, but I just put thoughts. And, you know, we can have thoughts that are our own. Aren't those always crazy sometimes? Uh, the enemy, I believe, can place thoughts in our mind, right? Uh, usually he tempts us to sin and he put, he, somehow, I don't know how he does it. Don't freak out over it. He's not allowed to hurt you. But, you know, he puts those thoughts in there. And I'm talking about God thoughts. What are these thoughts for? You're going through your day, and this is more the everyday stuff, man. And you have this God thought come in to, to call somebody. That's pretty cool, guys. Or God thought, to pray for somebody, or God thought to give someone some money to bless them. And I'm not talking about giving it to the church. I'm talking about a God thought to help somebody out. God thoughts to do different things. And, and it always interrupts our day. And we'll talk about that, right? But I found that God leads us that way. And I have two stories I want to share with you. One's an uncommon story, but it did happen. At the end of 2017, I, I think it was October, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, 
you know, I'm sitting with my supervisors and evaluations, I'm doing evaluations on them. So I'm with our CFO, my brother Jim at the time, and I do all of that. And then at the end, he says, Joe, I gotta tell you something, you're not gonna like it. I said, what's that? He goes, I'm retiring. At the end of 2018, he says, I'm giving you, uh, I don't know, it was about 15 months, he said, to find my replacement. And I tried to talk him out of it, I couldn't. And so uh, I began to look, and all through 2018, I had it on Indeed, I had it everywhere. And I had over 100 people respond, but they must not read the write-up. I just said a church in Northeast Ohio, but I gave them all these things, they, skills they needed to have, and only two of them had the skills, so nobody really was reading this thing, right? And one of them was involved in a church about 30, 40 uh, minutes away, and they didn't want to leave their church, and I respected them for that. The other guy lived, I think it was in Florida, and he didn't want to come to Northeast Ohio, and I told him he's crazy. This is the most beautiful place on the planet. We have snow at Christmas. I mean, it's, it's awesome, right? So I get into a board meeting in December, and we're going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm bringing a budget that our leadership team created for the board of trustees to approve, and I don't have a replacement for Jim. And so I tried some other scenarios and they just looked at me and said, no, no, you have to hire a CFO. There has to be a guy that comes in. This church is growing bigger and bigger and we need that CFO that has experience in secular corporations. And I said, guys, I looked and I'll keep looking. They said, can you get Jim to work a couple more months? I said, I'll try, I'll try. He's, you know, he's wanting to you know, retire. So right at that time, one of the guys in our group who this, he'll, he'll tell you, it doesn't happen to him, never happened to him. He had a God thought drop in him and he just, she just blurted out, I've got it, I got it. He goes, this never happens to me. That's how I know it's God, right? And he said, I, I, there's this guy, I, I cross paths with him when we fish. Uh, they like fly fishing. And, and he says, I just, I remember he, he was running a company and they decided to downsize. So he's looking and he gave me his name and I thought, well, let me check it out. Had lunch with him that week. And I discovered he had a bucket list. He no longer wanted to work for secular corporations. The last uh, segment of his life, he wanted to work for a church and help God and his kingdom. And, and uh, so he knew he'd make less money and everything, right? So I liked him, had board members interview him, leaders met, uh, interview him, and we hired him. And guys, that was all from a God thought. That's Tom Jockman, our, our CFO that's been here all now over a year and, and uh, had all that secular experience he was also able to bring into us. Now, it works that way sometimes, but here's another way it works. I was going through my day and it was a really busy day a while back and I had this God thought drop in to call somebody. This was a guy that was in one of my connect groups, so I had a cell phone number, but we're not close friends, but I had this thought, call him. And, and, and my first reaction is, God, I have to do this and this and this and this and this, right? But then I finally said, all right, I'll call him. And, and not that I didn't love him, I was just busy, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. So. I call him and when he hears my voice, he begins to cry, just cry. And, and then I say, what's wrong? He goes, I have had the worst couple months of my life. He said, I have never had suicidal thoughts, but I've had them for the last couple months. He goes, I can't believe you called me. You never called me. I said, I know, but I had your phone number. And, and I just, I said, I had a thought drop in to call you. And I figured it has to be God because I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm so regimented. I'm not gonna take time in my day unless something like that happens, right? And, and, uh, I'm telling you, it was amazing. And God's gonna drop thoughts in your mind for that same type of thing. Guys, here's, here's, here's the next way. And this, this isn't as common, it, I call it the inner voice. And you know, 
there are some people out there that doesn't believe, you know, God still moves with the gifts and things like that. So I want to make sure I'm very clear on this. Um, I'm not talking about God leading you every day with the inner voice. You know, there's another way the Holy Spirit will speak to us every day. He'll take the scriptures we read and the scriptures we know, and he'll make them bubble up. And I've had him exhort me almost sometimes daily where he'll just remind me of a scripture, right? So we're not talking about, you know, me writing another book of the Bible and God speaking to me like he spoke to Moses, right? No, we're not talking about that. I could see God saying, Joe, we have the book of Job, but we don't have the book of Job. And I think you would be awesome if you wrote a book and then I write a book and it's different than every other book in the Bible and it doesn't. That's not what we're talking about. But God will exhort us every day, but we're talking about him leading us with the inner voice. And, and that, is, that is something that doesn't happen in my life. I'm telling you, it, it doesn't happen every year, guys. But it's usually when God really wants me to make a shift and it's that inner voice. You can't hear it with these ears, but you just know it's God. I'll tell you a story, true story. Um, I had a desire drop in my heart to go in the newspaper 24 or five years ago. I don't know, way long time ago. And, and I had this desire drop, and then I had these God thoughts for doing a, a column that's called Bible Answers by Pastor Joe, a question and an answer, 300 words or less. And we had to buy the spot because they wouldn't give it to us for free. And I thought, I'll never be able to raise money. And then I had another God thought, right? And, and we got businesses to sponsor it. Our people also uh, became partners with it. And we were able to go in the Warren Tribune seven days a week. And then people were so generous, we went into the Youngstown Vindicator on weekends. I did that for over 10 years. It's amazing. A lot of questions and answers, right? So, so about 10 years time, I was minding my own business, it was very fruitful, the newspaper. And I heard the inner voice, not here. And all it said was, go, leave the newspaper and go on TV. And I thought, no way. TV's more expensive and all these things. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. We have to buy equipment and all the cameras you need and editing equipment. And I, I fought that with God. And again, we're not having a conversation. It's all through prayer. You know, God, I don't know. Is this you? you know? but, I, but I heard that inner voice. And so I obeyed. And you know, at the time, I didn't know the newspapers were, were going to become insignificant because of the internet. I didn't know that at the time. The internet was here, but newspapers were still strong and God knew it was gonna go down. So I call that the inner voice. It's absolutely amazing, guys. And God will lead you sometimes that way. But you may be asking yourself, hey, how do I position myself for, for, for God to be able to use me? What can I do? And I just wanna help you. Again, the most common way with me, desires. The most common way every day, God thoughts. Joe, call this person. Joe, you know, just a thought, go do this. Somebody's name comes to my mind and I know I need to call them. So here, here's four things, guys. Number one, pray. And, and I'm not talking about just praying, uh, you know, general prayers. I'm talking about asking God to lead you. And here's a cool scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Don't just live out of your mind. It's, you may be very bright, but it's nice to have God help you too. Listen to verse 6. Seek his will in all you do. That's the prayer. What are you saying? God, what's your will? God, what do you want me to do with my life? And then notice, notice, notice. And he will show you which path to take. Whoa. How does God do that? You know, some people that don't think the Holy Spirit's real or, you know, God doesn't speak to us or lead us or guide us. Well, if he's going to direct your path, how does he do it? I mean, I, desires, 
thoughts and sometimes that inner voice, guys, and he wants to lead us. So be prayerful and say, God, uh, if you're gonna do something, say, God, I, I feel this is a desire. I need you to make it, make it real to me and then do all your homework, process it. That's what I do all the time. I ask a bunch of people, smart people, I say, what do you think of this? And I let them blow holes in it, shoot holes in it. You need to do that too, right? But you pray. And then this next one's really important. Listen to this one. We need to listen. I almost used the word obey, but I went with listen. And, and here's something, you, here's what I'm talking about, guys. Listen to this statement. You can't have all your ducks in a row when chasing the wild goose. <laughs> so that's the Holy Spirit. And you can't have all your ducks in a row. What does that mean? I had all my ducks in a row to go out to Southern California, but God decided to knock a duck or two down, right? He, he does that. But how about as you're going through your day, I don't know about you, but I'm really structured. And I know some of you are like me, some of you aren't. And I envy those of you that aren't because, you know, it's, it's hard to be super structured. I mean, you know, and so uh, not that it's hard to do, but man, you put yourself in a box if you let yourself. So I'm going through my day and, and I have a thought to call someone and I have to knock a duck down. I had plans. I had every, my whole, every minute's plan. Got, you got to knock a duck down, baby, and make that phone call or, or reach out to that person, pray for that person. That's what we're talking about. And it's really important. And, and Princeton University, uh, they did this incredible, incredible test with seminary students. It's so fascinating. So they had these seminary students, and the first thing they asked them is, they said, why are you going into the ministry? And do you know that almost 100% of them said to help people? That's a good reason to go into ministry. So then they decided, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this experiment. So they gave half of them uh, a message to preach. And I remember doing this in Bible school. They say you have 15 minutes and you have to preach to your instructor. Whew, that was a tough day, man. You're nerve, it's nerve wracking. You've not done this before. So half of them, they said, we want you to do a message on the Good Samaritan. And you know that story. Um, there was a guy, he was beaten and mugged and left for half dead on the side of the road. And so a Levite comes by, that's a Bible day minister. And he goes to the other side, passes him up. Uh, he's, he's too busy, I think. And then a priest comes and he looks and goes on the other side. Passes and then a Samaritan comes who the Jews hated. They were half Jews and they were looked at as nobodies back in Bible days. And a Samaritan comes and he goes and he, he, he binds up all his wounds. He puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn. He pays the innkeeper to keep him for a couple weeks. He said, when I come back, if you need any more money, I'll give it to you. And Jesus said, which one loved his neighbor? And everybody, yeah, the good Samaritan did, right? So some of them had to do that sermon. 50% of them, and then the other 50%, they gave randoms other places in the Bible to teach. So here's what they did. It's fascinating. They hired an actor, and in order for these guys to leave the room they were in, they had to walk through an alleyway to get to the room where they were going to preach, and they had this actor. They put all the makeup on. It looked like someone beat him. He had an eye was closed, and you know, he was all, looked like he was all beaten up. They tore his clothes, and he laid on the side of a sidewalk that they had to walk by. They were walking by one at a time, and he moaned when they walked by. So they have that going on. That's a pretty cool experiment, right? And so... Uh, Here's what they did. With half the students, uh, when they released them, they said, oh my gosh, we're five minutes late. You got to get over there. And then the other half, they said, oh, you got about five minutes, but mosey on over, right? So the results were amazing. And they had mixed up in the group. They had some that were Good Samaritan and, and some that were Good Samaritan in both groups. And here's what they found out. The group that 
thought they were late, only 10% of them stopped. On a, on, a, on a seminary campus, guys, we're not, I mean, they're, they're going just to preach a message to a professor. Only 10% of them stopped. And then the ones that thought they had time, only 63% of them stopped. Almost all of them said, we're here to help people. And they kept walking. You know why? They had all their ducks in a row. I've got to preach a sermon. I've got to preach a sermon on a good Samaritan. And I've got to teach them. And, and they studied it all week. And then they had it right in front of them and they kept going because they thought they were late. Guys, we can't have all our ducks in a row uh, if we're gonna follow the Holy Ghost, if we're gonna follow the wild goose. And so that's why we need to listen. We gotta make sure, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna do what God says. Here's the next one. We need to step out. And I love this one. This is stepping out and not worrying about what if I'm missing it? What if it doesn't work? Obviously, you want to process everything and you want to go through the process of planning. But this one's important. It made me think of the children of Israel. Uh, Joshua's their new leader. They're on the opposite side of the Jordan. God says, I want you to cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. And the Jordan's at flood stage. And the word Jordan means descending. And so it's coming and it's flood stage and they can't walk into it. It will sweep them away and they can't build a bridge over it. They didn't have that technology. But God said, I want you to cross. And here's what he said. He said, have the priest put the ark of the covenant on their shoulders. Isn't that crazy? He didn't say the Navy SEALs. He said the priest, man. These guys aren't fighters, man. And he said, have the priest put that ark of the covenant on their shoulders. A lot of good stories there. But he said, then I want them to step into the Jordan. And can you imagine? I can imagine when they were right on the edge and the first two, there's one on each side, they're, they're thinking, this water is going to sweep us away. Oh no, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can step out. But you know what happened? The river just kept flowing until they, they stepped out. And when they put their first foot in. The Bible says God took that river with his mighty hand. He pushed it all the way back up to a city over a mile away. And the priest walked on to the dry land of the river. They stood there and over a million Israelis crossed, but they had to step out. And I want to encourage you, if, if you're going to follow the wild goose, if, if your life's going to be exciting as the Holy Spirit is doing the guiding, right? You're going to have to step out. And then this next one will make sense. Here's number four, guys. We have to learn, and really from our mistakes. And again, guys, we're not talking about God speaking to you, uh, you know, as an Old Testament prophet. We're, we're talking about him leading you through desires and thoughts, and sometimes that inner voice. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't do that all the time, but for me, it's sometimes. But I always have that exhortation, middle voice, uh, inner, inner voice. So guys, you know, the Bible's, when talking about prophecy, it says, test all things, hold on to that, which is good. And, and, you know, we're human beings, and when it comes to being led by the Spirit, make notes. I make notes. Well, next time I won't, I, I'll understand. I need to have this happening or that happening. Guys, I don't know about you, but I am excited. It's the Spirit's guiding that makes life exciting. We're supposed to be outside these four walls, but we're not out there alone, guys. We're in the wild with God, the Holy Spirit. He's as much God as Jesus, as much God as the Father, and he wants to lead us, and he wants to guide us. I want to do two things. I want to pray, and then I want to make an invitation, and so I want to ask all of you to hold on, and can we all just pray right now? Father, first I pray for everyone listening, and Lord, for some, they're very proficient at what I just taught, and they've been walking in it for years, and 
There are some that have been proficient, but they kind of, you know, this world has pulled them over and they're not walking in it anymore. And then some, Father, this was the first time they ever heard this. And that this can be really, really, God wants to lead me? He wants to have a relationship with me? Yeah, he does, he does. So, Father, I pray for all of us and I ask you to open up our understanding. And, Father, we cry out and we say, guide our steps, guide our steps. We want to share Christ with people. And when you put a God thought in us to do it, we want to do it. We, we want to be there to call people, pray for people, help people. If, if someone has a need, we want you to put a God thought in us to help that person out with a need. And Lord, we just thank you that you're the God that guides us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer. Those of you that know Jesus, would you just stay connected and pray for the people that are going to receive him today? Help me out and, and pray for them right now. So right now I want to speak to people. You know, we talk about if you've accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. You might wonder, what does that mean? Well, I explained it once. I'm going to explain it again. All of us are born sin-stained, and that was because of Adam and Eve's sin. And we're separated from God because of our sin. So... God sent a savior. His, the savior is Jesus, the son of God who always existed. But then he took upon himself human flesh. So he was God inside a body. And he came and he showed us God. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read them, it tells us all about God. But then he came to die and he died for our sins. And God raised him up from the grave and he's alive. And the Bible says, whoever calls on his name, he'll save them. So right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior. I did that when I was 19. It rocked my world, changed my life forever. And this, I believe, can be your day right now. We had 10 people respond last week. And it's so exciting when I hear that. And I want, I want you to be able to receive that same gift they did last week. Guys, listen. If that's you, would you pray with me and just mean it from your heart? And just say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. That's why I'm looking to your answer. Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You always existed. You came to the earth to save us. You died for our sins, and I believe God raised you up out of that grave. I accept you as my savior, and I make you Lord of my life, and I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, according to the Bible, God washed all your sins away. He saved you. He put the Holy Spirit inside you. That's pretty, pretty cool, guys. And you're a child of God. Now, you know, the Bible teaches us, you may not have felt anything, but it really happened. The Bible teaches us that God himself in all of heaven rejoices when one person on planet Earth accepts Jesus as their Savior. And we want to be able to rejoice here. And we're doing this virtually, but we made it so you can let us know. You see the number on the screen? If, if you text that number with the word believe, just to let us know you prayed that prayer. And maybe you say, Pastor Joe, I've been a Christian for a long time, but I recommitted, man, God really touched my heart. You text that number and put believe in there too. And we want to give you guys a free gift. It's our way of saying, congratulations. We're so excited about what you did. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.